You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Retired Army Staff Sergeant Rico Roman has the left leg amputated above the knee after being wounded by an IED while serving in his third tour in Iraq in February 2007. A Purple Heart recipient, Rico was introduced to sled hockey in 2008 by Operation Comfort, a Move United member organization in San Antonio, Texas. He has represented Team USA and played for the National Sled Hockey Team during the past three Winter Paralympic Games, winning three straight gold medals. Although Rico announced his retirement back in July, he is not walking away from the sport. So let's chat with him. So Rico, I typically like to uh, uh, start by asking my fellow veterans the question why, or what is your why? Why did you uh, Mm -hmm. sign up to join the military? Uh, Why did I sign up to join the military? Uh, I think, you know, a lot of it was my uncles. Um, a, A few of them served. Uh, one in World War II, uh, and he was a tanker in the Army. Uh, my um, That was on my mother's side, on my father's side. His brother was in the Navy uh, and served as well. My, my mother's brother served uh, in the Army as well. Uh, my One of my uncles uh, from my mom's side served in the Marines. Uh, so I have like a good handful of uncles that had served in the military, and to me, they were just great, great men in my life and uh, looked up to them and uh, really kind of wanted to follow in their footsteps uh, in that manner. And so it was just that family lineage and that connection to the military that kind of just, you know, was part of the reason why you wanted to also uh, enlist. That, that's exactly it. Yeah. Like they, they were just great guys and uh, always just uh, so positive, and and I just kind of wanted to follow in their footsteps in that manner, and so uh, that's kind of what made me want to join the military. And did you know right away that you wanted to do the army, or were you looking at other branches as well? Uh, I I honestly started with the Marines. I spoke uh, with the Marines, and then uh, eventually spoke with the army, and then uh, decided to uh, go with the army, and so. Uh, and it was funny, like during my recruitment, they were like, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Uh, they asked me if I wanted to be a, a cook or a light wheel mechanic. Uh, and then they asked me, do you like camping? And I was like, I love camping. <laughs> and they were like, oh, then you'll love it. Then they're like, the infantry, you'll love it. <laughs> uh, no camping I've ever done, uh, you know, but uh, it was the best. I, I loved all my time. I've served in the military and nothing but fun. I met, uh, I got brothers throughout the United States, you know, that are my like long life bros that uh, if I ever get stuck somewhere or, you know, we do reunions, it's, it's really cool. Like the camaraderie we have uh, with the guys that I've served with. Indeed. Indeed. I find that as well. And, 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 but that is interesting, though, that you uh, were sold on infantry by by the enticement of camping. That's a that's a unique uh, commercial or marketing ploy. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you you don't want you don't want to do a cook. You know, you'd be hot in the back of a kitchen somewhere. He's like, you don't want to work on uh, light wheel mechanic again. You'll be in a hot 
you know, shop working on vehicles. He's like, camping. <laughs> and and he got me with it. He got me for sure. <laughs> and and, uh, and you're right. I was in an engineer battalion, so I know all about the hot shops. <laughs> so um and and <laughs> And talk about some of your your duty stations. Um, did you get deployed right away? I know you had what three deployments, and we could talk about those. But did you have a duty yeah. station before your your first deployment? That's correct. Yeah. So I got uh, right away, like uh, after I joined the military, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, home in the infantry, and was there for a couple months doing my basic training and advanced individual training, and then from there. Uh, it's funny because the army's like, oh, you can pick three spots and most likely you'll get one of those three. And so I was like, oh, OK, I, I want to go to Fort Lewis, which is really close to where I'm from, uh, Portland, Oregon, not just right up the road. Or I was even looking at some other places that were close. Uh, none of those places they picked. I went to Fort Drum, New York, <laughs> upstate New York, as far away from Portland, Oregon as possible. And uh, that's where I was stationed uh, with 214 Infantry, uh, 10th Mountain Division. Uh, so it was light infantry and nothing light about it. Like you're carrying like a house on your back <laughs> everywhere you go. Like my backpack, my rucksack, just full of stuff. And uh, I was stationed there. I, I was there for a total of seven years before I got injured. Uh, I did one tour to Kosovo uh, and then I did three tours to Iraq. And on my third tour, I had gotten injured, uh, unfortunately, by an IED. So your first uh, two tours were unscathed, but it was it, that third tour is, and that was in February 2007, right? That's correct. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, talk a little bit about what what you could talk about in terms of where you were and and were you just on a routine uh, mm -hmm. kind of deployment? Yeah, it was uh, my third tour over there. This time we were in uh, Sadr al Yusufia. So it was um, canals and a lot of uh, rural kind of uh, country farmland. And we were actually living out there in this house that was like fortified. We had like bulletproof, uh, I mean, excuse me, we had like sandbags and we had uh, Bob wire, Constantino wire all around the house. Uh, so it was really fortified. And then we would do uh, dismounted patrols walking around out in the field, uh, making sure that uh, what what was happening was they were using those areas for training and then taking uh, enemy into Baghdad and causing trouble. So we were kind of like running a vehicle checkpoint and making sure that they weren't bringing weapons or bombs or anything like that. Uh, after running that vehicle checkpoint, I decided to be the lead vehicle back to the patrol. Uh, we were in up armored Humvees bulletproof doors, bulletproof windows, and uh, didn't see the bomb on uh, in the road. And uh, unfortunately, my vehicle hit it and uh, injured both my left and right leg. And did, I was a limb, uh, what, what's called like a limb salvage for a whole year. So they try to save my leg, uh, but it was stuck straight out. So it was like really hard to drive or even going to any sporting events. Like I'd have to sit in the aisle um, because my leg couldn't bend up underneath that seat. I'd have to sit on the edge of a chair, use a cane, use meds. I was not myself at all because either I was really in pain because of the injury or just not myself because I'm taking meds and just loopy and not really with it. And so did that for about a year and said, this isn't, this isn't going to work. And 
started seeing other amputees and said, you know, I think I'm, I'm going to try that route. Spoke with my doctors, uh, spoke with my family, spoke with other veterans that were amputees uh, and did the amputation after a year of trying to save it. And I was I was so fortunate. Uh, no, no medical complications, no uh, infections after the amputation before uh, like when i first got injured i had tons of complications but uh yeah i was so fortunate not to have any trouble after my amputation uh did a whole nother year of uh, rehab learning how to walk and just stand on a prosthetic leg and uh so fortunate uh that i that i took that route and uh, my quality of life has been 10 times better than where it was when i was uh, you know being a limb salvage and and I always find it interesting. So it sounds so it sounds like you were the one that was driving that decision to amputate more than the medical team, right? And I always find that interesting when I have when I have conversations with others that that you know that are in that driver's seat, if you will. Yes, that's correct. Like um, we like I said, they managed to save it, just couldn't bend, and it was extremely painful because. Uh, I didn't know this, but you have three calf muscles. They took two of them and put them over my knee because of the tissue damage. Mm. I had a steel plate in my leg, screws, bolts uh, to keep my leg together. But it was super painful. And then like walking around on it because I'm still a young, active guy. By the end of the day, my leg would just be swollen and just in a lot of pain. So, uh, yeah, it was it was really uh, just me making that tough decision. And um, I'm happy I did make it. Yeah, and as you said, it was a quality of life decision, right? <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got things to do. I had kids, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I know that obviously uh, through particularly with being in the military and, and at a military uh, installation hospital, there's uh, a sports as part of rehabilitation. And but before we talk about the different sports you were in introduced to, were you? What kind of sports did you play either growing up or even while you were actively in the Army? Yeah, so uh, before I joined the military, growing up, I played soccer, loved soccer, basketball. Oh, my gosh. I was such a – I mean, I'm still a treasure, you know, Trailblazer fan. You know, like I love I love basketball, you know. And, uh, you know, I played every day. I'm talking about second grade, uh, all the way into high school. I was – hooked on basketball and then played football in high school, wrestled in high school. Um, and then when I got in the military, that, that kind of like, you know, I would play here and there, pick up games, uh, mm -hmm. soccer here and there. Um, but yeah, like I've always been in the sports for sure. Lo loved it. Football, basketball, you name it, boxing. I, I love watching it all. And so I know that you were introduced to uh, some adaptive sports through Operation Comfort, which is a, a great organization in, in the San Antonio area um, at, with BMC. And what were the, some of the early sports before you got introduced to sled hockey? Uh, some of the early sports uh, when I was doing my rehab, uh, definitely uh, wheelchair basketball. Uh, that was huge. I, I, was, I was terrible at it. And I... They could keep me from going up and down the court, like just using your chair. And I had zero chair skills. Yes, I could shoot the ball, but if you've ever shot a basketball standing up and you go sit down and try to shoot a basket, you'll see how hard it is. Like, uh, you know, how much more core you have to put into that shot. And uh, so wheelchair basketball was really a big passion of mine. Uh, and then hand cycling. I got involved with hand cycling. So much fun. It's a bike with three wheels and you pedal with your arms. 
that was so, so much fun. And then in San Antonio at that time, they had so many adaptive programs. So uh, we did wheelchair basketball, wheelchair uh, football, wheelchair softball. Uh, it's like a bigger kind of like uh, softball, almost, almost like leathery, but still has a little bounce to it. Mm -hmm. uh, and you uh, play like in a parking lot. It was just so much fun. We did wheelchair soccer. Um, so all these different adaptive sports uh, on top of, you know, finding uh, my favorite one, sled hockey. So uh, it was just, it was really a blast. Yeah. You mentioned the the, the difference in, in uh, ambulatory and, and, and seating, uh, seated uh, basketball. I mean, the, the arch and the arc is totally different. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a totally different yes. way to get used to throwing the ball. It really is because if you think about it, when you're standing up, you're using your legs, you know, to get that ball up there, you know. And uh, so if you ever try, yeah, mark my word, try to put down a chair and shoot. It, it's a lot harder and, and, and takes a lot more skill development. And I stuck with it and I had so much fun and met so many amazing other athletes through adaptive sports that I still am in contact with today, you know. And, and so you mentioned, obviously, amongst the sports you were introduced to is sled hockey. And and what was it about that sport that really got you hooked? Yeah, ever since they asked me to come try sled hockey, I said no a good amount of times. Uh, I didn't even want to try it because I just didn't know the sport, didn't know the rules. Uh, but I think what kept me with it was that locker room. Uh, we had an all-military team there in San Antonio, uh, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard. Uh, Air Force, all, all on this team. And when I went in that locker room, the teasing began, you know, oh, this is an Army guy. And I was just like, oh, this is this is what really made me want to play hockey. More than the sport itself, it was that that locker room and the and the and that camaraderie, the the brotherhood, the friendships, uh, that bond. That's what really drove me to that sport and uh it was physical super physical it was like football on the ice we're like mm -hmm. running into each other and uh during that time i wasn't sure where i was because i was still rehabbing and on that team we had guys that had rehabbed uh in the military and stayed in the military and re were returned to duty so they stayed active duty we had guys that had retired but were on that team uh, and guys like myself that was still doing rehab, but not sure which way I was going to go, or even uh, what prosthetic legs worked, uh, what worked for somebody, could that work for me? So the, they were giving me great advice and good tips. So it was it was such a it was such a blessing to be a part of that team. So yeah, you were still trying to discover and explore and learn all of the, the different things that, that they were trying to figure out still yet. Yeah, that's correct. It was wasn't sure what which path I was going to take. Was I going to stay into the military, or or was I going to retire? And then this kind of landed in my lap, so to speak. Like, uh, and then I found out it was a Paralympic sport, and that just that really just was like, oh man, I I want to I want to play on a Paralympic team. I want to be a part of Team USA. Like. Uh, and thought, you know, my, my coach at the time, Lonnie Hanna, was a Paralympian. And I didn't know this was a Paralympic sport. And so he's the one that was like, you should come to the tryouts for 2010 Vancouver Paralympic team. 
And uh, so him him saying that kind of he saw the potential and I thought, OK, I, I'm, I'm going to make this team no problem. I'm a military guy. I'm in good shape. I went to these tryouts and I got a slice of humble pie. They really uh, put a whooping on me on that ice. And and it really just kind of lit that fire. Like, you know, do you want to give it your all? and make this team or do you want to just say hey you know that's that and so it really really made me take a look at you know uh if i really wanted it you know and, and you know could have it was i was definitely not about pointing fingers oh this is why i didn't make it or making excuses it was it was more of a self-awareness like hey i really have to put in the work if i want to make this team and and that's what i did and, and made it the following year and it's been just a, an amazing, amazing career uh, playing sled hockey for the Team USA and all the amazing people that I've met along the way, as well as like Operation Comfort, even giving me the tools and resources to get to that point to try out in the first place. You know, the sled, the sticks, the hockey equipment, mm-hmm. the ice time, the practices, the uh, gym work, you know, like all of that, like if it wasn't there to begin with, maybe I wouldn't be here, you know, 10, 12 years later with three gold medals. Like that really is kind of what helped me and, you know, get me in the right direction to begin with. Yeah, Rico, it's funny you mentioned uh, the fact that you've got a, a slice of humble pie. I've talked to a number of people who say that you've given them a slice of humble pie. So how is it uh, where the table or tables are now turned? Uh, anybody that's on the ice with me knows we're just having fun. <laughs> I am not out there to hurt anybody playing against, uh, you know, especially local uh, people on the ice. I'm just there to have fun with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and before we talk about the, the, the Team USA uh, component to, to what you just talked about, uh, most folks may not well, maybe some folks do, but other folks may not know that you play, you know, most players obviously play at a local level or a club level. So what, what have been, I know you played for, I think the Colorado Avalanche for a little while, and then also San Antonio. So talk about some of the, the clubs that you've played for. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, the sled hockey uh, community is, 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 is small. And so everybody knows each other, but it's really big in the fact that it's teams throughout the U S and so uh, I started with San Antonio, the all-military team. Uh, they're in, uh, called the Rampage, mm-hmm. uh, ran by Operation Comfort. And then I uh, moved, uh, once I like healed up and stuff, uh, I moved out to Colorado, and they had a sled hockey team. So I played with the Avalanche sled hockey team for two years. Uh, and then uh, I've also gotten to play for Chicago, uh and, and as well i've also got to play for buffalo new york uh I, I at the last our our big festival of the year is uh the disabled festival mm-hmm. and so uh my team wasn't going so i got to jump on and piggyback with boston's team or unh uh, and the reason i played for chicago is because they do a disabled uh, excuse me they do a, a tournament called the nhl classic and because San Antonio is not an NHL-affiliated team, uh, you can only go as an NHL team. So I got to piggyback with Chicago. Uh, and, and, you know, like like I said, just, I just want to play. So, you know, whoever will take me to let me jump on their on their team is, is how it usually goes. But, um, yeah, so now, you know, uh, here we are. Uh, Seattle's got a team. And so – and I'm in Washington – 
So we'll see. You know, I've been kind of been kind of fishing trying to see if I can get on that team, but we'll we'll see in the future or or where where I'll be able to play at club wise. So you you've had a chance to play all over, but I'm sure there weren't aren't too many teams that wouldn't that would turn Rico Roman away. So that's <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Team USA. So obviously you've had a chance to go uh, in 14 and 18 and in 22, all three times the the U.S. brought home the gold. That's amazing in of a, of itself. But uh, do you have a favorite of those three Paralympic games? Um, I would, I would say out of all the three Paralympic games, my favorite would probably be the first one. Um, it was, you know, it's in Sochi and, you know, it, nothing could prepare me for it. You know, I asked my teammates, you know, uh, how, how is it going to be? What should I do? What should I expect? And they're like, you'll just see when you get there. And and playing in front of so many people and such a loud crowd. And most of them, you know, clearly in that gold medal match, we played against Russia. And so 99% of them were Russian fans, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we only had maybe like 100 U.S. fans or if that. And and so, you know, to hear that crowd just, I mean, it was just pumping in there. And and it felt like the building was going to shake down. And it didn't matter if, puck, uh, if Russia got the puck in their zone or our zone. Every time they touched the puck, they just were ecstatic. And and I think that energy was what really made that game so great. And and also playing with two of my teammates that were also war wounded veterans, Josh Sweeney, Marine Corps veteran, and uh yeah, and Shouse, you know, I think that was that to me was really cool being on that line, uh, knowing that, you know, we had all uh, you know, served our country and now we're all got to go and serve in another way uh, playing with Team USA. I thought I thought that was that was something special for sure. That, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I figured you know it's either the first or the last, right? The first the first is you know just because it's your first gold medal, it's your first time there. It's an you know an, an over could be overwhelming experience or uh, for many and, and just taking it all in. So that that's always that's always a special one. And sometimes you know it's the last one that that is a special one too. <laughs> but all of them are, are unique oh, and, oh. and great, right? Going, they're all oh. of them. Yeah, they're all unique and so amazing. And and I feel like they're just like it's just so much. I mean, you got all these different countries coming in. Uh, and they're the top athletes in their country in their specific sports. And I think that is is really cool as well. You know, just being around people that have worked their tail off to come and compete at the highest level. I think that's that's pretty impressive as well. And and obviously three Paralympics, three gold medals. You recently announced, made it official that, that you were stepping away or retiring at least from from the competitive side, but you haven't given up the sport. You're really helping out, no. uh, helping grow it across the country and, and helping out with development of the sport. So let, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about kind of that next foray into, into what your, what your next kind of, uh, skill and, and journey is, is currently that you're working on. Yeah. So like, uh, they announced it out, I think it was like mid July that, you know, I had retired, uh, from, uh, the national team and, it was, it's been great. Like, honestly, my coach, my coaching staff is just amazing. Uh, you know, from, from our coach to our assistant coach, to our manager, uh, team doc, uh, you know, our trainer, uh, our equipment guy, like everybody that's a part of that staff has just been over the top. I mean, uh, just professionals. And 
So I got to I got to come out and help with our first camp this summer, our development camp. So before our national tryouts, we we host a, a USA development camp for a whole week. And so all the top players in the U.S. Uh, from their selected teams will put in a name and then we put them on. Four, we have we'll, we'll run four different teams and those teams are coached by typically by a Paralympian. So and then we'll, and they'll run games as well as training with our coaches on the ice. Uh, so it's a whole long week of, of, of really seeing what you got and seeing if you're ready to take it to that next level in trying out for the national team. So uh, I got to go and hope. And I've actually been there at least four or five times coaching. Nothing but fun, nothing but a blast of uh, seeing the next youth and now adults uh, take that next step. You know, what's great is, I, you know, let's say I, I see these kids when they were like 13, 14, and now they're 18, four or five years later. They're just as tall as me, just as hungry, just as big, ready to try to make this team. And I think that's the coolest part is seeing the growth and seeing them develop, not only as players, but as great human beings and good people, uh, you know, in this world. And I think that to me is really special. And uh, so I got to help with that, with that uh, camp uh, this summer in Philadelphia. And then uh, uh, as well as sticking around for our tryouts and seeing our tryouts. Mm. And so it, it was, I want to say one of the biggest turnouts, I was like over 80 people trying out and they're only taking 20 and maybe cutting down to 17. Yeah. And so then, and then we did a, a camp out in Virginia, a camp out in Indiana. I helped with a camp in uh, San Antonio as well. Uh, we do an all veteran one every summer. So that one's uh, just a, just a lot of fun. So, you know, it's, it's, we've been doing a lot of camps lately and it, it's just been a, just been a blast, honestly. So a different type of camping, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told you I like camping. Yeah, just hockey camps. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're we're bringing it all back to camping, and and the other cool thing, Rico, is that you're on uh, the board for the 2028 Paralympic uh, Olympic and Paralympic Games, which will be returning to the U.S. Obviously, hopefully, everyone knows that by now. But if not, you know, announcement: it's coming to the U.S. in 2028. What What are you hoping to do? to kind of encourage and spur, uh, you know, outreach and engagement with the 2028 games when it comes back to the United States. Yeah. So I, I was so happy to be uh, a part of this board uh, for the 2028 LA games uh, here in the U S I mean, I'm really pumped about it. The summer games back home, like, and it's on the West coast. So I just got to go, you know, south of here and I'm right there. So, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I, I can't wait to see the uh, summer games that they're going to be doing, uh, as well as the Paralympic side. You know, like I, I, I am a little biased one way or another. I mean, I can't wait to see the Paralympic games. Uh, and I want to. I really hope that that we can make it just one of the best, like one of the most memorable. Uh, you know, I feel like when they talk about Paralympic sports, uh, L- London it was. I feel like where it really kicked things. Up. Like, that's where I feel like when you talk about Paralympic sports, that's where, like, people really notice how great Paralympic sports are. And and that's because they did such an amazing job of promoting them, of broadcasting them, of showing that, look, sports, sports, it don't matter if it's Paralympics or Olympics. Uh, We put in the same amount of work uh, on and off the ice just as our counterparts. And I think that I hope we can achieve that for these 2028 uh, summer games in L.A., uh, just that people look back and be like, London was great. 
but LA even took it up a notch. You know, like that's what I would hope at the end of the day. We'll see, you know, uh, a lot of work goes into it. And even though 2028 seems like a long ways away, it's going to feel like we blinked and it's already here. You're absolutely right. It'll be here before we know it. And, and, and you're, yeah. you're perfectly correct. I mean, you are absolutely correct when you say that people still use London as kind of the the epiphany or the, the, the high water mark, if you will. And so hopefully L.A. will be the, the new high water mark uh, when it comes to that. <laughs> and um, yeah, fingers crossed. Lastly, Rico, um, you know, what 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 advice would you give to, you know, whether it's a young sled hockey player or even just a young uh, adaptive athlete in general pursuing a different sport? What advice? Do you do you give to you know young athletes that you you interact with? Uh, I I feel like there's so much and, and everybody's so different. Uh, for instance, you know like some of my teammates, I joke around with them and 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 I have a teammate that I like shoot an elbow on or or like rough up a little bit or or talk a little uh, smack with you know. Uh, but that might not work for another teammate. Maybe one of my other teammates needs a pat on the back, tell him how great a shot he took. You know, so everybody, the advice can always change on on the type of person I'm dealing with, you know, but I think a lot of fundamental things are so still important, you know, and that's putting in that hard work, you know, when nobody's watching. Everybody sees that end gold and that's that big gold medal, the smiles, my team cheering. Everybody sees that, but they don't see me missing out on, on the birthday parties or or the family reunions or, or missing out on a lot of things that that you know you want to go to uh or taking that extra piece of pie or eating that extra cookie being disciplined with your diet uh the relentless time in the gym as well as on the ice time like i mean i i put in a lot of time and so do my teammates and it's not just for myself it's it's so that we can be the best you know and that's uh, when you're playing as a teammate it's also understanding that that uh What's what's best for the team, not just for myself, you know, and uh, and and for individual sport athletes, it's it's pushing yourself. Yeah. To 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 be the best, you, you have to put in the hard work. And and I think uh, getting a good circle around you is so important. You know, when I started off, like I said, in San Antonio, I had some amazing uh, other veterans as well as an organization helping me out and uh, in, in cheering me on and pushing me in the right direction. And having a, a good circle around you is so important uh, in in that matter to keep you accountable. Uh, as you know, having good friends, you know, hey, we're going to go to the gym together, or whether it's over Zoom calls, hey, uh, what'd you do today? This is what I did, you know, and and constantly improving. You can't do the same thing and expect to improve. You have to work on the things you're not good at, and that's how you improve. So. Uh, being uncomfortable, you know, you shouldn't be comfortable if if, if you want to grow. <laughs> so that's what it's all about. You know, it's just a little small piece of, you know. <laughs>